Hello, and welcome to Freed from the Real, episode 156. This podcast is brought to you by PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and CapeFearGames.com. You can listen to us every week on PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and MTGCast.com. Uh, I'll be one of your hosts, uh, back as always. This is Kia. And unfortunately, due to Super Bowl scheduling shenanigans and other mishaps, AJ and Sebastian will not be with us this week. Although, to spare you guys the pleasure of getting to listen to me ramble for 40 minutes, I went and dug up a guest co-host for this time. And we have a good personal friend of mine, fellow Magic player, and mediocre at best deck designer, Nathan Zamora. Nathan, say hi. What's up, guys? Like I interrupted you there. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty sweet. No big deal. Uh, As always, this is the podcast where we talk about news and other information that relates to Magic Online and things that go on in the card game that affect us on Magic Online. Uh, So first up, obviously everyone's getting ready for Dark Ascension to make its way into the digital world, and we have the pre-release information posted uh, for Dark Ascension. Uh, Nothing super special, no war marks or anything crazy like that announced. It just seems like the normal fanfare. We have uh, the pre-release sealed flights, which will be 30 tickets to enter. You get three packs of the two different sets, uh, build deck, and then if you go undefeated, you get ten packs. You go three and one, you get four packs, and you get two and two, and you get one pack. Uh, everyone who enters will receive the Ravenous Demon promo card, and then if you go three and one, you get a foil one. And then, as always, you'll have on-demand drafts, and these will be triple Dark Ascension. They cost you 20 tickets to enter, and then you get four. It's four, two, one, one. Yeah, unfortunately for people like me who will be going 1-3 or perhaps even the famous 0-4, I won't be getting anything other than my non-foil Ravenous Demon. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I don't know. Like, the pre-releases, uh, I like that they're on demand, I guess, but overall, I've just never been a fan of them. I feel like it's really, really hard to make your money back, because even when you do win, you're pretty heavily invested uh, with the 30 tickets. And so unless you win or unless you open a Chase Rare card or Chase Mythic card, it's hard to really recoup your cost. Yeah, that's always kind of been a thought of mine as well, is that it's not really a pre-release because we have all the cards in real life. Um, so it's a delay for online, which I understand. You don't want the schedules to conflict. But to then be like, hey, pre-release, get to play with the new unseen cards. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just going to follow it up with, like, the other ones that like are just the regular sealed flights that pay out more packs. Is that the way it's going to work? Is it going to be the same as the mask block ones? Well, we kind of just assumed, yeah, typically uh, the, the pre-releases have kind of been structured the same. So we'll see the release events starting like a week later uh, with slightly better prize support, slightly cheaper entry fees. So, I mean, unless you really, 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 really want the cards that quickly, you have to have them right now. Um, it's just better to wait. Yeah, I just I feel like it would just be better for for them even to just release have just started as the release events ones. Yeah, I know, but I mean, there, you know, there's always people, you know, there's always the Apple fanboys that'll sit in line for days and days <laughs> to make sure they get the product first. Like, like commercial you, from a Super Bowl. Oh, we just got Samsung. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fantastic. It looks like last year's phone. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, hey, if you're interested in these and you really love the pre-releases, I mean, obviously someone does because they keep doing them. So people are people <laughs> right. are playing in them, like guilty. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> so it does happen. Uh, and I mean, especially like for some people that don't play the the offline card game, that just play Magic Online. 
having your first shot to get a hold of Dark Ascension cards. That's true. You know? All right. Uh, so, you know, pretty typical. If you're interested, if you want those cards, you now have that information. So do with it what you will. Uh, moving along, next up we have, uh, we are currently smack in the middle of the second season of the Magic Online Championship Series. We do finally know the promo for that, and that is an alternate art living wish. Not... Is that the uh, the judge picture living wish from the... Yeah, it looks like it's got like a bird of paradise looking thing, like breaking out of a shell, coming to life or something. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Pretty sweet looking, but... Uh... I mean, it's arrived just in time. Yeah, it's like it's Living Wish. I mean, it's, and it's not 2002, <laughs> so I'm not sure what we're supposed to do with that. Not like a promo survival or anything. Nobody would want that one. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, the last one was pretty niche. The season one was the Demonic Tutor, which, you know, I was pretty excited about. I thought it was cool. Well, sure. It's Demonic Tutor. Yeah, but I mean, but not everyone plays Classic, so we're, it's usable, so. You can dump it, right? Yeah, for a couple of bucks. I mean, unless you get the foil one, but that takes a top 32 in a championship series, which is... Bit of a tricky feat. <laughs> no, that's easy. That's yeah. the easiest thing to do is winning championships. Yeah, no problem. I mean, maybe <laughs> if you're Eli Manning, I guess. You know. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, I'm not sure if that'll in- increase the amount you want to play and try and qualify for season two, but there it is. Promo living wish. All right. Uh, next up, finally, long-awaited. By long-awaited, I mean it was announced a month ago, and people were like, "Oh, that could be cool." Uh, the MTG toolbox is now available for the iPhones. Um, I would love to give you a review on it and talk about this, but it's not in the Android store, so I really can't help you there. (laughs) That's a good way to do it. Yeah. Um, no, when it comes out, I'll probably get it. I mean, it's a free app, um, and I use, like, a just a generic one for life counting, although I'm, I don't really, I don't trust it. I still rather keep track of my life total by hand, personally, when I play in real life. Sure. Uh, because I want to see what when those life total changes occurred and like in what increments and things like that. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It could be kind of cool. It could be useful. I, I really hope the, I would like the event locator thing. Cause just cause I'm lazy and be like, Oh, is there anything go, like go, an event going on this weekend or something like that? Yeah. That, I think that's a, another good one too, is the event and store locator. I think that's a huge, huge key that needed to add to, to um, easily access from phones as opposed to having to go to like a TO's website and kind of, meander your way through whatever poor designing they have yeah eventually arrive at the shopping center where the store is within a mile yeah and uh, (laughs) i also agree with the life total thing i personally i'd like to keep notes next to uh life total changes to say what actually dealt the damage Mm -hmm. yeah if your has wild nacatles and lightning bolts in their deck uh you want to know whether or not wild nacatle dot e3 or lightning bolt dot e3 Mm-hmm. Here's my favorite discrepancy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Here's my favorite part. I'm just looking at the app page right now. This is rated because they have age ratings. It says it's nine and o- and older due to infrequent slash mild cartoon or fantasy violence. Like on the card images. I'm, yeah, I have. I just I was like, why? What? And then I, I forgot. There's a deck building component to it, so you can kind of search gatherer. So yeah, I guess some of the card images <laughs> might be too violent for eight and under. <laughs> That's when you know that uh, we're really at a great spot in the world. You <laughs> remind people that cartoon violence may exist <laughs> where creatures fight each other. Yes, and still pictures in this app. And, and is this where they're going to get their fantasy cartoon violence? They're like, oh, let me go through card searching and databases. That's, that's the first place I would head. <laughs> in some kind of database system. 
<laughs> yeah. No, but uh, I don't know. I'm curious. I'm genuinely curious if there are some actual reviews from any of our listeners. If you want to post in the comments, um, we, I'd love to hear back uh, on what you think of the app. If you like it, if you use it, and uh, yeah. If not, then uh, go check it out. It's free in the iTunes store. Absolutely free. Absolutely. Zero dollars, zero cents. <laughs> yeah, very handy. All right, and our last little bit of news, not not directly related to Magic Online, but kind of funny, and we found it, and that's uh, Wizards hasn't created a Fantasy Pro Tour, uh, similar to in the vein of like Fantasy Football. Uh, basically, what you do is you there's it's a Facebook application, so you have to have a Facebook account. But if you do, you can go on there and you get to pick one of each card type. Essentially, there's Planeswalkers, Instants, Sorceries, Enchantments, Artifacts large, medium, and small creatures, and then non-basic land. And they're each category is assigned point values, and then based on how well decks do, you get points. Um, it's obviously not like a pool, there's no cash or anything like that, but nothing really but bragging rights, but it's an interesting little concept for them to put together. So whenever you're going to actually do this, I notice that you pick one of everything. You pick a Planeswalker a big creature, a medium creature, and a little creature, and then an instant sorcery enchantment artifact, non-basic land. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of interesting when you start really rolling it all out where your mind is thinking that the best deck is. Because you're like, oh, yeah, Liliana, great planeswalker. Oh, yeah, Inferno Titan, he's a great big creature, Wormcoil Engine. But then you get to three mana, you're like, Geist, Delver, the small guy, and then it just kind of like snowballs from there. You think that everything in that deck is the best. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I think it's kind of a good tool for them to secretly measure uh, where people's minds are. They're like, hey, the Fantasy Pro Tour. Oh, everyone thinks these cards are overpowered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be... It's interesting. And also, like, I, it's... They didn't specify exactly. They just say it's in top-performing decks, which I think we can assume to be at least, like, uh, obviously, undefeated 6-0 standard decks, 5-1 decks, maybe f- even 4-2 decks. It's hard, you know, it's hard to say. I think 4-2 is pretty well performed. Maybe you're going to get like one point for 4-2s, two points for 5-1, and three points for 6-0 or something. Yeah, it'd be interesting if they applied multipliers based on how well they did. I think I think they're trying to keep a simple system just to try it out, and maybe they'll make tweaks later on. Um, but it's pretty cool. It's, I mean, if nothing else, it'd be a fun extra way to follow the. The Pro Tour, like certain, you can like root for certain decks, especially if you pick some kind of underdog card in a category. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. the, the big Rude Chander Spikes and the, uh, I don't know, what's a really bad plant? Chandra, I guess. <laughs> oh, Chandra. Chandra! Yeah, but, one guy, red, black. Yeah, with uh, your zombie infestation, uh, Chandra's Phoenix, Chandra control deck. Do you, <laughs> not, do you not play this? Oh, that's, that's my number one deck. That's what I'm playing right now. <laughs> Play that in a in in a legacy, by the way. Yeah, definitely. It's amazing. Sweet. <laughs> you just discard your Phoenix and your Squee, and then shoot them, and get them back, <laughs> make another <laughs> make another zombie. <laughs> I was kind of thinking about. It. I was like, how does this sort of mechanism turn Chandra Phoenix, which is like a big fiery bird, and then like a little goblin annoying guy, and like that becomes a zombie. I don't know. But then they come back. I would say an undead phoenix, but a phoenix doesn't really die. That's the whole point of being a phoenix. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have a good answer for you. And where did the zombie come from now? I guess you're 
as a just matter, just created. Yeah, well, you're a planeswalker. You can do whatever you want. You just turn that mana into a zombie. I wish I had real magic, like in real, so I could make like a sandwich. <laughs> I, would, I would want sandwich infestation. <laughs> I would like, discard vegetables and fruit and make bacon and and mayonnaise. <laughs> that's a, that's a great plan. That's I I can already see that in Unhinged Three now. <laughs> sandwich infestation. <laughs> So how, how do you actually get to the Pro Tour Fantasy app? Uh, well, we've provided a handy-dandy little link for you here in the show notes. Uh, but I'm sure you could just, uh, if you go to the apps on Facebook and you just search up uh, Magic Fantasy Pro Tour, and uh, there it would be. You have until Friday to set your lineup, at which point your roster will be locked and it will be public for everyone. So I'd suggest you work really hard and come up with a good team name. <laughs> That's I the- personally chose Super Hyper Tiger Dragon. Yes. It's a, a lot of good words there. <laughs> it's for the best. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but that'll be interesting. Um, and we'll be curious to see where it goes and if there's any, maybe at the end of the season, after all the Pro Tours are done, if the highest total person gets something. I don't know. Get another Ravenous Demon. <laughs> Magic Online one. <laughs> premium, premium foil Ravenous premium Demon. Premium foil Magic Online Ravenous Demon. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Uh, moving on, That's that's pretty much covers all the news we have for you today, so that will take us to prices. Um, we thought we'd check in with Standard this time. We have been giving you the modern deck list prices for the last couple of weeks, and quite frankly, we've kind of covered all the decks at that point, and we've seen the range of about $1 to $700 per deck. Uh, so we just kind of dug around, and we found some good cards from Standard and see where they stand now. Um Top of the heap is Sword of War and Peace, man. This card is just going bananas right now. It is up to forty-two twenty-four. That's a lot of tickets. Yes, a <laughs> significant amount of tickets. At, at one point in time, you could not even complete this in one transaction. That's how many tickets it is. <laughs> the good old days. Yes. Oh, the good old days of being capped at thirty-two items per trade. Oh, that was so wonderful. <laughs> Yeah. What if a card reaches above 32? What do you mean above 32? <laughs> That'll never happen. Yeah. Everyone knows the standard's 20. <laughs> oh, the good old days when being a busted rare meant you were 20 bucks. That was it. No matter what, no matter how in demand you were. Because <laughs> magic, magic card could not be $21. It was 20 bucks. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't until Arts of Saga anyway. Where they weren't magic cards anymore, they were actually just weapons. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, but also, above that pre- old-school $20 cutoff is a Sword of Feast and Famine. A lot, notice a trend here in the equipment. Uh, well, typically the way to make creatures better is to give them protection from everything, and then to give them abilities when they also hit a player. Yeah. Sort of like Shadow Mage Infiltrator was. <laughs> so if you make an equipment... So make them unblockable and give them card advantage engines as they kill your opponent? Yeah, that's... Exactly. Or make them deal insane amounts of damage a la sort of war and peace <laughs> sort of feast and famine will it'll basically deal them damage it'll it, like they'll just be miserable <laughs> yeah you get some of the, like, oh he's doubled his mana i gotta discard a card i'll just doom bl- oh i can't even doom blade it <laughs> they're kind of it's just yeah it makes creatures really too powerful almost yeah too po- i never thought i'd say that creatures too powerful Yes, it happens. Uh, speaking of creatures too powerful, the next up there in the list that we have is uh, Geist of Saint Traft, who's at 1808. 
1808. I mean, he does. He is a three mana six power creature, basically. Yeah, I I'm. I wonder if they're starting to regret hexproof. Uh, I think. Well, it's really interactive. <laughs> That's the fun part about it is your opponent gets to do so much about it, like block it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then then what do you? That's why invisible stalkers starting to see play because they're like, oh, it's like guys, except they can't do anything. So let's put swords on it. <laughs> it sneaks under a mana leak too. Yeah, they like almost actually can't do anything. Yeah, it's pretty counterful. That would have made that guy really sweet. <laughs> yes, because he needed that. When are they going to keyword on counterable? By the way, as opposed to this can't be countered by spells or abilities. How would they just add uncounterable? Is that could that be a keyword? Uncounterable. I think so. It's not exactly... I mean, it obviously gets to the point, but it's not exactly succinct. Yeah, but that's not my... That's the flavor team's job. Yeah. I'm just here to... I'm just here to point in the direction. They need, like, you know, like, vaporous or something. I don't know. Okay, and moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Next up on the uh, the creature list, we got two the right behind it at 13 and $14, and that's uh, Elish Norn Grand Cenobite. Commanding a pretty impressive price tag for pretty much just being a one of in one deck, and then uh, Hero of Bladehold, who is at thirteen twenty six. The promo is actually listed as a cheaper price, but we didn't post that because it's out of stock. So who knows how accurate that is? Uh, but at thirteen dollars, <laughs> man, it's really starting to tear it up. Yeah, it's it is kind of surprising actually now that I'm looking at it to see because Elishnorn is like a one and two of, and Hero of Bladehold is often a three or four of. Mm-hmm. And just kind of intuitively, I feel like Hero of Bladehold is more played. Yeah, that, like, that could be. General? Yeah, but again, you know, being the it was I don't know if it was the pre-release promo or the release promo, obviously wow. affects its stock. Uh, actually, you actually literally just mentioned that. Yeah. Why <laughs> is my face red? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I I guess seven power creatures for four mana are pretty good. Same along the same lines of Geist of Saint Draft. Yeah, and if you have Honor of the Pure in play, then. Uh... Well, let's not get crazy. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, Elish Norn, the Double Crusade, and the uh, Double Curse. And so that's nothing to scoff at either for seven mana. <laughs> yeah, I remember multiple times my I've been like on the precipice of like crushing my opponent, and then they get an Elish Norn in play, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm all right. I'm like, I can rebound. I'm like, every creature I play instantly dies, and they're gonna kill me in two turns. <laughs> okay, I can't rebound. <laughs> yeah, the first time that that card cast against me, I was like, "Oh, Elish Norn, that's cute." And I was like, "Oh, that kills everything." <laughs> okay, um, I actually don't even have a way to kill this unless I rip an Oblivion Ring. Yeah. And, uh, well, that's uh, yeah, that's gonna do it. it yeah, that, it reminds me a lot. There was a, I think it was a Nationals a couple several years ago, or. No, it could have been national because I think it was extended. But there was some event where some guy was playing goblins, and his opponent had several creatures in play and three engineered plagues naming goblins in play. And he was still playing it out. Like, he was just sitting there, like, taking his turns, drawing his cards, saying go. And I'm like, you are dead. (laughs) They have three engineered plagues in play. You're dead. (laughs) He could draw the 1-4 goblin pile driver. (laughs) That'd be be pretty good. (laughs) Just got a picture of like Stone Cold Steve Austin on it. <laughs> He's got like a big goblin nose though. <laughs> when did they make this? Oh man, that'd be fantastic. Uh, I kind of wish Pro Tours would be like that again. Just like the Mirage ones, where like nobody knew what was going on. <laughs> Just like cards, flyers. He's got so many of them. Banding. Yeah. 
Not to mention uh, being limited to the lands that were actually in your sealed pool. <laughs> that, Fantastic yes, rule. That was a rule, yes. At one point in time, for those of you who don't remember, you had to play with the lands that came in your sealed deck. <laughs> yeah, you kids today, you're so spoiled. <laughs> Any land you want. Pish posh. <laughs> Speaking of lands, uh, the next up on our price tag... Well, sorry, I skipped over Snapcaster Mage, who's at $8, uh, with currently one left in stock. I mean, Superstar super across all formats. More creatures. Yeah. But after Surprise. that, uh, we do have a land, and that's Seachrome Coast, which is at $6.61. Is that is that high? I mean... It, it feels really low to me. Well, it's... I mean, obviously, compared to real life, it's very different, but compared to its, you know counterparts uh in all the other colors they're like a ticket maybe a ticket and a half. man it does produce blue mana right yeah it does produce blue mana that's always the number one key to collecting something <laughs> yeah it does make it better it does also produce white for all of our top cards which are geist elish snapcaster hero blade hold yeah i guess it does cast all of your more expensive cards so uh i guess all of the exp- expensive cards are cast by one dual land, that <laughs> dual land will also be an expensive dual land in, t- in relation to the rest of them. I guess that theory holds up. It's funny how things correlate. Yeah. And to add to that correlation, uh, the last two we have on our list, and that's Grand Abolisher, who's at 250, holding it down pretty hard for uh, a mediocre rare in the base set. And then Mirren Crusader, who's at a solid $4. Man, you put a sword on that guy. Ugh. Ugh. Especially the uh, Feast and Famine one. That's when they. Well, I guess especially the War and Peace one. But the Feast and Famine's kind of funnier. Yeah. Because so they see your land untapped twice, and they're like, no! Especially if you have an instant to cast in between those two. <laughs> yeah. That's that's where it really starts hitting home, yeah. is when they start playing Forbidden Alchemies and stuff. Yeah, they're like, oh, I got Mind Rotted, and he got extra cards. And, oh! <laughs> oh, and I took 30! <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's super protection from black and super protection from green. <laughs> Yeah, when it says super protection from blacks, that's when Damnation doesn't destroy it. <laughs> super protection from black. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's uh, enough fun. Interesting things going on in Standard. Pretty pretty much a solved format, it seems, with the blue-white deck kind of standing up, uh, head and shoulders above the rest. But hey, you know. <laughs> I uh, think Dark Ascension's going to bring in some interesting changes. Yeah, well, we've we've seen a little taste of that on the some of the Star City Games tournaments, but uh, it's still very, very early. And obviously, when Magic Online gets a hold of it, then we start to see some madness going on. Yeah. So not blue green either. Yeah. <laughs> yes, not blue green. <laughs> okay. And I wonder if it will ever get old. No. All right. Uh, moving on, we have our question of the week, and first off, say congratulations to last week's winner, which is uh, I'm going to say boba cake. Yeah, it looks like boba cake to me. Yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm sorry, I apologize. I know I have a goofy name that gets butchered all the time, so I know it sucks when your name gets screwed up, but uh, that's the best I can do, so I'm going to say Boba Cake. Uh, but if you want to message me on Magic Online at Game Master 32, I will get you the foil playset of repeals. Congratulations. Japanese and uh, real life, those are... Well, we're not going to talk about Japanese foil RL prices of Type 1 cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, pretty cool nonetheless. All right, moving on, we have this week's question, and that is, if you could create your own personal From the Vault product, if you could design one, what would you? What would be the From the Vault product you make? So Nathan, what would you do? I, I think a, 
I think the one that everybody could benefit from is, uh, I would like From the Vault Lands. I would like to see some pretty sweet stuff in there. So like, like, Maze, like Maze of Ith, yeah. Yeah, um, really kill the value of that Judge one. I don't like the picture on the Judge one either. I'm with, pretty, uh... But it's I'm, an actual maze. Yeah, but, but is it of Ith? I don't know. It just looks like a maze to me at this point. It should, it should be titled Maze. <laughs> Just maze. And that'd be Just maze. Card. That's what that card looks like to me. And then what does maze do? Maze of what? <laughs> Who's maze? Is it like a labyrinth maze? It's it's very labyrinthical. Labyrinthical. Yep. New word. Copy, <laughs> copyright. If you, use, yeah, if you use it, you owe me five cents. <laughs> and then there's like a like the the five like the fifty dollar wastelands. I don't want to see that anymore. Um, and I don't necessarily think that you would want to put like tundra in it. I feel like that's a little above and beyond the Call of Duty. But uh, I wouldn't mind seeing, like, some fetch lands in there or, like, even, like, the Ravnica duels. Yeah, that'd be interesting. What would be the, uh, what's your booby prize card in there? Because there's always, like, one card you're like, why is this in the box set? Sorrow's Path. <laughs> that's just cruel. Why would you do <laughs> that to people? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, something to cry about. <laughs> and while they're crying, they can go down the Sorrow's Path. They can get it Rashad and ported and deals two damage to them and each creature they control. Like a mini Elish Norn. <laughs> yes, but you're Elish Norning yourself. <laughs> it's not the way the card works. You don't cast Curse of whatever whatever's on yourself? Yeah, yeah I'm going gonna, gonna to Elish Norn and I'm going to donate it, obviously. That's... Ooh, that's a new deck archetype we're looking at. <laughs> okay. so what, what would you do? What would... What are you thinking for from the vaults? Well, uh, there's been there's one group of cards that I've always loved. Uh, whether they've been good or not, oftentimes they are, but sometimes they're not. And I think it'd be a really cool box set, and it'd be awesome if they could do updated art for all of these for the guys. And that is our invitational winner cards. Ooh, I love those cards. I and many of them have been very good, including the Snapcaster Mage, which is currently one of them. Wow. That's a good one. I like that one a lot. And yeah. then you could do cards that like they've had admitted were inspired by invitational cards, like Chalice of the Void. Yeah, see, I, and I thought about that, but here was an interesting thing I looked up. There, are, there have been 11 invitationals, uh, which have created directly created uh, from the players 12 cards. You have the 11 winners, and then Tsuyoshi Fujita, uh, as the runner-up, got to create Gemstone Caverns. Oof. He just didn't get to appear in it. Then, so yep, that's 12 cards you have there. There have been three you-make-the-card-product uh, promotions. Ah. So 12 plus 3, that's 15 player-made cards. So you could do, from the vault, player-made cards. You have your 11 uh, Invitational winners, the Gemstone Caverns, Forgotten Ancients, Crucible of Worlds, and uh, Crucible. Vanish, Vanish Into Memory from uh, Cold Snap. I'm looking forward to that one. That'd be a pretty sweet box set. And then you could like update all the Invitational winners. Like, do their new pictures? Ooh, that'd be so good. Yeah. I would like, that would be... Uh, can you name would, Can you name the 11 Invitational cards? Let's see. I know there's Olerades. Can I name him by name? Sylvan... Yeah, can you name the card name? Sylvan, what is his name? I don't know the Sylvan... I just know he's Sylvan something. Yeah, safekeeper. Sylvan Safekeeper, go. good. That's one. Meddling Mage. Two. Um, Void Mage Prodigy. Yep, three. Shadow Mage Infiltrator. Four. Mm-hmm. Snapcaster Mage. Yep, five. Lanch Riders. Yep, six. 
my mind's kind of drawing a blank here, but let me just go through the set. I can't even remember the blocks really. Like this is, I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah, you're losing it, man. Root water thief. Root water thief, good one. Yeah. Um. What was an invasion? I feel like there was one. There, I feel like there wasn't one in invasion. Oh, mentally mage. You already yeah, yeah, you said that. Yeah. Invasion, honestly, you're missing honestly. a big staple. Wow. Yeah, I'm missing something huge. I can only name seven. Yeah, that's seven. That's pretty well. I'll, I'll fill you in here. Really, really dig into the files. Yeah. To find these. Okay, this one should have been easy. Dark confidant. Oh. Come on, dude. It uh, doesn't feel like an invitation. It just feels like a. It feels like skull clamp to me. Like I don't even want to remember it. Yeah. Uh, Solemn Simulacrum. Yeah, oh, that one. Who's it? That, that had literally have one sitting in front of me right now, actually. <laughs> that's pretty bad. It's the M12 one. And then here's some tr- some trickier ones for you. Uh, Rakdos Augur Mage. Oh, who could have possibly remembered that? That's Terry So. And then uh, Ranger of Eos. That was. You missed some big time playables there, man. Hey. You're slipping. You know. So, you know, sometimes you get a little out of the game. You know, you get rusty. You just gotta just gotta grease up the elbows and go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get back into it. Yeah, very true, very true. All right, uh, but we would love to hear from you guys. So if you have a cool idea for a from the vault product, you know, go ahead and answer the question and leave your from the vault idea in the comments. And I think we'll go instead of random, whichever product that uh, I'll talk with the other co-host and whichever one we think is the coolest uh, will win the prize. We don't have what that is for this week sorted out, so you'll, it'll be a mystery prize. But uh, yeah, go ahead and get to brewing and come up with that 15 card promo list. I love mystery prizes. They're the best. Or you could take what's inside the box. Yeah, just get a big box. That'd be cool if we could like wrap Magic Online pro- cards and be like, here's a mystery box. Or you could take this. <laughs> like, Ooh, the soul ring. I'm taking the box. And yep. you open the box and it's, it's nothing. It's Sorrow's Path. I'm like, no. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that will pretty much do it for this week's, week, bleh, this week's episode. Uh, so all we have is uh, what you've been playing. So Nathan, what you what you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Legacy, you know, some Stone Forges, and uh, I like myself some Jace the Mind Sculptor because he's pretty much better than all. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so balanced cards is what you tell me. Oh, that's the best way to play them is the cards that are very fair for your opponent, especially once they're on the board and uncontested for a single turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, yeah. So that's fun. What about you, Kia? What you been playing? Uh, well, I've mixed it up a little bit. Mostly, I've been playing modern. Still playing Affinity, man. I mean, you know, what can I say? I love my aggro decks, and uh, <laughs> doesn't get much more aggro than Affinity. Which is funny because you don't actually play any Affinity cards in Affinity anymore. So it's just sort of like it's, it's just like non-Affinity. It's cheap artifact cards that attack you and deal a lot of damage. Um, but <laughs> that'd be an easy name for the deck. Yeah, it's much better to call it Affinity. Um, cheap C A C. T A A D D. Cactadadad. Yeah, that's the <laughs> use that for short. Uh, so I'm gonna start calling the deck. Yeah. Cactadad. Not not so much. Okay. Um, and then I actually did try my hand foolishly at uh, some standard events playing blue white aggro, and I guess not so foolishly. I did manage to three one a daily event, so that was pretty cool. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Were you just playing like yeah, Geist Delver Sword? Just just dudes, you know. You dudes. play them, you play some, just, you know, you know me, I love my aggro decks, so I'm just like, play, some, dudes. play some guys, yep, I play some dudes and I attack you with them. <laughs> it's always good to attack. Yeah. Alright, alright, so that will do it for this week's edition for the podcast. Nathan, uh, thanks for jumping in and helping us out in uh, our time of crisis. 
So, uh, Not a problem. I enjoyed it. All right, appreciate it. And uh, all right, to everybody, we will see you again next week.